Good morning, Vietnam. Keep Biscayne. This is Mac on the Rock for the Distresso Morning Hour. We do this also in the afternoon from 4 to 7 p.m. and again from 8 to 11 p.m. We call it the Distresso Hour. You know why? Because I spend all day drinking espresso, but at the same time, I try to distress. Try not to get upset with the things that I see in the world that really piss me off. The mediocrity out there is unbelievable. The apathy out there is unsustainable. The indifference out there is quite, quite, quite alarming. The more modern we get as a society, the more distance there is between souls, between people. I mean, there's to the point where, you know, it's upsetting just to send a text that's meaningful and hear crickets for days at a time. Some of these things, some of these uh, statements are, you know, etched in stone because they're text. It's not even words. It's written. It can't be, it can't be denied later. And you're hearing crickets? I mean... Ladies out there, when a man says something nice to you in a text, especially when you're on a thread where you've been going back and forth for the last 20 minutes to an hour or throughout the day, don't all of a sudden not reply, especially at a moment when the text was very profound or meaningful. That's like hanging up the phone, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on, man. What's up with that? I don't understand. I don't understand that behavior one bit. I mean, I lose really nice friendships because of this stuff. It reminds me of things I don't want to be reminded of. You know, self, I'm up to here with self-centered people. So if I send you a text and you engage with me, you'll notice right away that my texts are not, you know, ordinary texts. You know, there's a lot of cryptology in my texts. I play on words. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a writer, author, poet, and I want to be philosopher, but I'm definitely going to make it interesting, you know, I'm going to play on words, excuse the pun, sometimes the pun's intended, I'm definitely not a boring texter, and I definitely don't write and text people generic stuff, you know, so I'll say things that are meaningful, I believe, you're free to say that I'm full of it, and please tell me, don't text me again, because I won't. But I remember a specific instance where I text the chief of staff of a politician. And uh, he said, hey, don't use my cell phone. Don't call me again on my cell phone. I go, hey, man, you gave me your cell phone, I reply in my text. And keep, keep in mind that if I were to show this text to you, I mean, sorry, show this text to your boss, you're the politician you represent, it would look poorly on you. It would reflect poorly on her office. This is, by the way, uh, a staffer in Kelly Stargell of Lakeland's office, a Florida senator, who's also been a Florida congressman. And I've been working with her to sponsor the amendment to the parent trigger law. Power, uh, it's an empowerment law for parents that really is a teacher empowerment law disguised as a parent empowerment law. And that was a segue to my comments about the text. 
this chief of staff, this guy's 20 something years old, he probably didn't even have kids, but he called me on his cell phone, so I, I, uh, I registered it, I copied it, or whatever you call it, I put it on my address book on my phone for use later. Well, two years went by, I had been working with the office, I had driven up to Lakeland to talk to the senator personally about my cause. And my cause was to amend the 1996 Parent Empowerment Law, State Statute 1002.33b. The Clause 3b states that any two parents can fire a trigger letter, meaning a letter to the principal saying, we want you to call a vote because the parents have the right to take back their school's budget and act as guardians. In my case, in my school at the Key Biscayne K-8 Center, it had a million dollar surplus in its budget that the Dade County Public School System had been saying was a deficit. Therefore, the PTA had to raise, you know, thousands of dollars for, you know, schools activities. So sad that we're talking about more activity. We're talking about papers and pencils and audiovisual equipment and software and, you know, teleprompters and uh, I believe the teleprompters uh, have a different name that I can't remember right now, but the school was overcrowded and dilapidated. The building was in poor condition. It still is in poor condition. And I put it upon myself to run for PTA president. I ran uh, without, you know, unopposed. So I won in a landslide. Can you believe it? You know, you stood up and said, look, I graduated from the Key Biscayne K-8 Center in 1977. And I believe that this is the moment in time to take back our school. And we should... Uh, take back to school, not to change anything that had to do with the teachers and the teachers union and the principal and all that stuff. The school was an A student, I mean, a, an A school, it was an excellent school, probably top two or three, three or four uh, years running. So I wasn't gonna go down that rabbit hole and, de and debate whether it was an A school or not. I just take it as fact. It got its awards and bingo. But let's give the teachers what they deserve. A modern state-of-the-art building that's not overcrowded and does not sit below sea level and does not have water come in on casual rain. I'm talking about total flooding. You, you, you couldn't even have kids come into class. Talk about calf deep water. You can see this on on YouTube. I've posted the, the videos uh, October the 24th of last year, 2014. There was, you know, a steady rain. So it was rain for about, I don't know, two or three hours of steady downpour. wasn't torrential, it was just constant for about three hours. So I drove by the school and it was unbelievable what I found. You can see that video at uh, kbk8 conversion to charter.blogspot.com and check it out yourself or on YouTube. Just punch in on the search engine flooding at Kibiscane K8 Center and you'll see it there. And uh, we lost a vote going back to the trigger letter. We lost the vote miserably, 531 to 31. Can you believe it? Only 31 parents, which were probably the ones who just knew me, who knew uh, my intent. And 531 South Americans, who most of them were not even citizens of the United States, and they were given the right to vote in the United States on what to do with the taxes. Real estate taxes, it's the lion's share of our real estate taxes goes to the school board. To allow a bunch of resident aliens, legal resident aliens, who are paying handsome money, either million dollar properties or paying million dollar rents on million dollar properties so those owners can pay to the school district. I'm giving them a right to determine what to do with that money and who should manage it. 
The present law states if you do convert the school to charter, then the parents as guardians of the budget receive their funding directly from the state of Florida. And of course, it goes through a, a, a wired account in Miami-Dade Public Schools so they can you know, clip 5% of it. But nevertheless, the money comes directly to us to manage the school. And of course, once you manage the school, then you determine later well, how to save these surpluses, in our case, a million dollars. So you can imagine, complete reinvention of the public school system was upon us. And we lost, but at least we collected and created, uh, collected a, 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 a lot of legal precedents. In other words, we collected a lot of data how un-American the law is. We, we, we showed it and exposed it for what it is, an un-American law. It separates the votes and the ballots between parents and teachers, meaning teachers vote separately than parents, and you gotta win 50% of both elections. That's a hell of a burden for a parent, for two parents. And on top of that, subject their children to abuse by teachers in classrooms, calling them out in class as they did my daughter. It's a lot. But, quite frankly, it's ballot-based, so it's better than petition-based parent trigger laws that exist in, in seven other states, I believe, as of 2015. Well, we're the only ballot-based parent trigger conversion law. This law was passed by Lon Childs, but being a liberal, he passed it his way. He passed it so nobody would ever use it. And sure enough, I was the first. So here we were in 2013. I was elected in 2012. By January 2013, I fired the trigger letter with another parent who was vice president of PTA. His name was Hector Ceballos. As PTA members, we naturally had to put our titles on an information card that I was handing out throughout the campus every morning as, as we got closer to the vote. Wasn't every day, but every morning as we got closer to the vote, I was out there handling the postcards to try to convert to school and become guardians of this budget. Well, lo and behold, um, Dade County Public uh, School PTA and I say that in one long title because they're the strong arms you know, of the Miami-Dade Public School System is the PTA. If you think the PTA is looking out for you and your kids and your families and all that, you're dead wrong. It's looking out for the Dade County Public School District Administration. It's like, uh, it's got an eye, it's got an eye for the rebellious, it's got an eye for the rebel rouser, and that's how they perceived us. So they tried to find a flaw in our campaign, and sure enough, they saw that I had printed these cards announcing who I was. If you have any questions, please call PTA President Manuel Cambo and Vice President Hector Ceballos. It did not say it was an initiative of the PTA. It did not claim to be an initiative of the PTA. I never proposed it to the school uh, PTA board, the executive board, nothing. I just announced who I was. If I don't put the, my title on that card, people would say that, why didn't you tell me? Shouldn't I know that you were also the PTA president? So it was like a double-edged sword. I did it not to give it the perception that it was a PTA event because the proof, there was no proof that that was my desire. It was just, you know, naming myself for the title that I am. Let people know that, hey, I mean what I say. I ran on rebuilding the school and this is what I was doing. Plain and simple. Well, guess what? They passed out uh, flyers in the school to attend a, a meeting to have me resign. So I didn't mind that. I thought it would elevate the conversation to create this ruckus because it wasn't in the bylaws. You couldn't make me resign for calling a vote to, to demand a safer building. For Christ's sake, 
You know, the purpose clause D in the PTA bylaws clearly states to bring, we, uh, we seek to bring the home closer to the school, the home life closer to the school. The way mom and dad raise your children, bring those ethics, values, and virtues closer to the school. Well, what better way than to manage the budget, the actual budget of a school? Oh my God, who would have thunk it? Well, back on the rock, the pop WSQF. 94.5 FM. Back in a moment with more thoughts on reinventing the public school system and what role Kelly Stargell, Representative Carlos Trujillo, Representative Mike Boleca, and Representative Manny Diaz can play in this role. This is Mac on the Rock, the Pontiff, WSQF, Blink Radio, 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne. I want to remind you what we were talking about in the previous segment, which was my experience as PTA president of the KBK8 Center. And we came to the, the point in the story before I signed off for a moment to talk to you about uh, what it would take to reinvent the public school system in Florida. I was the first in Florida history to fire a trigger letter using... Uh, state statute 1002.33 uh, clause 3b and it clearly states that two parents stand up and fire a trigger letter fire a trigger letter sadly to say it's worded that way but it means to hand a, uh, a trigger letter to a school's principal or school's administrator and demands the the school district call a vote in 90 days well i failed miserably as i said earlier I lost the vote 531 to 31 and 83-0 to the teachers' union. They voted separate ballots, as I said. So one way it came to this was to make me look like the bad guy and kill the messenger if it worked. They uh, basically called for my resignation. They passed out flyers in the hallways. And they all showed up in a meeting. They passed by executive board you know, four to three to have me resign at the executive level. And uh, one of the, one of the uh, PTA vice presidents who ran with Hector and I to do just this, turns her back on me and acts like a, like a Judas. Her name is Heidi Brito. And Heidi just basically sold her soul. And then they alienated her once they used her. They alienated her at the PTA and made a fool out of her, and today she's the fool that she continues to be. But anyway, they got that fourth vote, and uh, so it was four to two to have me resign, so they called a meeting, executive board, 107 parents show up, and they cast ballots to, to have me resign. I, I vote down the motion as president of the PTA, I'm also president of executive board meetings, and I said, look, there's nothing in the bylaws that, that allows you to call a vote to have me resign or rescind my presidency because I've done nothing wrong. I haven't stolen any money. In fact, I didn't even sign on the PTA account, and I could have because I was responsible for that budget that year. But I didn't want to sign on the account so I could never be accused of spending the money for this agenda. On top of that, I had been the largest contributor to the PTA that year as I had sponsored the student a month um, through my family's own Ace Hardware store. 
So I'm basically sitting there on the on the on the stage, and uh, I proceeded to watch Miami-Dade County School President, sorry, PTA, Sharon Watson of Miami-Dade PTA standing there at the podium. I did a Governor uh, Rick Perry moment there. But anyway, she basically said under certain guidelines in the Florida PTA, uh, Mr. Campbell is subject to uh, resignation. And I asked her live, I go, what are you looking at? What are you reading from? She wouldn't show me. And I go, well, because it doesn't exist. So therefore this motion fails and I hammer the gavel and I told these people all these things I just told you that, you know, why are you asking me to resign? I'm only asking you for, I'm asking you to consider taking back the budget so that we can save this money, the surplus that I found in here and rebuild the public school system by rebuilding our school. So there's some debate later that if we were to win, there was some de debate out there that we weren't going to be allowed to knock down this old dilapidated school anyway that a Costaldo study showed in 2007, commissioned by Miami-Dade Public Schools, that it should be raised. Because although there wasn't structural damage to the building after, you know, 55 years of existence and three or four hurricanes coming through Key Biscayne in that time, it still had a considerable amount of asbestos, renovation, and cost, uh, incredibly cost-defective uh, improvements to the property. Therefore, it would be better off to be raised and, you know, made anew. Not to mention we were 147, 148 of capacity. It was built for 987 students. And at the time, there was, you know, 1,148 students in that school. Today, geez, it's got to be 1,430. And just, what are these kids, how do these kids learn? Remember, most of these kids come from South American countries. So English, English is not their first language. A lot of ESO students, ESO means... Uh, students of other languages, exceptional students of other languages. So uh, everything pointed in the direction of rebuilding the school and expanding it and modernizing. In fact, the teachers deserved it. They were an A school. They had produced A results in testing, several years running. The principal, Sylvia Taralfa, she was a friend of mine for years. I knew her as a single person. I knew her when she married a, uh, a neighborhood friend of mine. So therefore, I don't. I, I thought maybe there was a chance that she would see the light, but she didn't. She acted against me and was one of those that was pursuing my resignation. So at the end of the day, I, uh, I was voted down, 89 to 3. And of the three votes, I don't know who the third one was, but two of them were sisters. So I really only got one vote. Of course, I did not vote. So I laughed and I... I I was approached after the event, so how do you feel now, now that you were forced to resign because of your dumb idea? And I go, ma'am, I'm sorry to offend you, and because I was, I don't feel offended tonight, I feel like Moses, busting tablets all over your head. In the end, we lost. Tuesday night, they had, had me resign for using my title on a postcard. Well, guess what, on Thursday night, they all came in to hold a panel parent form with a panel discussion from Miami-Dade public school officials. I was no longer PTA president, but I wasn't allowed on the panel either. So they found me in the back of the room heckling, heckling, demanding a better school, and them insinuating that you can give us some money if you want to raise private funds, you give it to the district, we'll build, rebuild you the school. Right, sure, yeah. Well, guess what, later in the year, uh, 500, uh, five, uh, not 500, five million dollars were dedicated to renovating the school. So at least it, uh, our vote and, and the stress that we created in our movement uh, doubled the, the two million they were planning to invest in there. They invested five million. The school was upgraded from the 50s to the 70s. 
You know, you go in there today and it just looks like a school, brand new school built in the 70s. But in, in people getting sick, there's black mold in the new building where there was an, a more modern building on the property. It suffers black mold in the art room. And black mold, you know, is basically a cause for Legionnaire's disease. And on top of all that, four teachers, four teachers, four teachers since that renovation were diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, there is no link between asbestos contamination that was in that school and breast cancer, because people know that that form of cancer metastasizes in the lungs. But I'd venture to say that the lungs are pretty close to the breasts. You know what I mean? As a man, I know that to be true. So do you need 40 teachers to have cancer for you to realize that there's some cause? That if you had family propensity for breast cancer in your family line, this type of exposing of old walls and pulling back old drywall to renovate and all that dust going in the air doesn't provoke breast cancer? Well, I leave that up to you. But the universe has left a lot of clues that I was correct. Later that year in 2013, after we lost, a school called Rolette Elementary in Manatee County was the first school in Florida history to take back its school. They did it for lack of funding at their county. They were a very special arts and humanities, arts and entertainment magnet school, so they needed the money, and they were being denied that money. And the principal, like in my case, uh, knew the proponents very well. The proponents were actually anti-pro-choice parents who somehow had an epiphany one night, and they are the ones who fired the trigger letter. Well, guess what, that principal uh, could not be threatened or intimidated like mine was by the school district. He wanted to retire, he was close to retirement, and he couldn't be intimidated, and he wanted to stay in the game. So now he's the principal of the converted school. So congratulations for whatever Whatever caused their victory, congratulations as the first school to have convert. It was an A school just like ours, Rolette Elementary. I'll have more to talk about my experience. Again, go to my blog spot. There's probably 30 posts there on everything I've done. And it, in some degree or another, I really hang my hat. It's a private victory because after all, as much as I wanted to renovate my school, I knew I couldn't win because of the teacher vote. In fact, there was an invalid vote. It should have been 84 nothing. It was 83, 83 nothing. But that one invalid vote, you know what it was, ironically? Apparent that it was also a teacher in the school. She voted yes as a parent, no as a teacher. Therefore, the vote became invalid. She put both ballots in the envelope and slipped it into the teacher's ballot box. Believe it up for grabs on why it was considered invalid. Was it being a split vote? Or was it because of the, the way she presented the balance? We'll never know. But back in a month, this is Mackinac the Pump Blink Radio 94.5 FM for Echo for Kiki if you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.